0: Welcome to Spilling and Dealing, the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, sound the alarms, uh, hide your women and children. The GHSA State Playoffs are here. This is boys bracketology. Got to go in depth. This is the most important time of year. It's been quite the season. And now I try to steer people in the right direction with the knowledge I think I have, which usually announce nothing at this time of season. Um, but Ramin, how are you doing, sir? Are you ready to dive into, let's see, we got eight brackets to jump into today. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing well, Kyle. Thank you for asking. I think I'm ready. As you said, I've, uh, I've eaten my little M&Ms here. I have my water close by. It's going to be a long one, but hopefully... Um, some good, useful nuggets of information. And so we're going to jump right in as per custom, starting at Class 7A. Um, Kyle, four brackets, and I'm just going to have you start by giving me your final four. What do you have as your final four here?
0: Oh, gosh, you're, you're putting me right on the spot, right, right to uh, get to it. <sighs> final four, well, I'm sure we'll touch on – quadrants and everything later, but my final four that put me on the spot right away from left to right, left top to left bottom, right top, right bottom, I have Milton. Region 5, number 1 seed. I have Milton. I have Shiloh. I have Grayson. And I have Archer. So That is three teams from Region 8, which I think has been the best region all year long. I have three teams from Region 8 in the final four in Class 7A. And that includes Archer, who is the four seed coming out of that region. And Archer, just looking at, you know, I'm sure we'll dive into some stuff You know, in just a second, but just looking at Archer, 18 and 10. But with those losses, I see a three-point loss to Alexander. I see a five-point loss to Shiloh. I see a five-point loss to Grayson. I see a a one-point loss to Stevenson, which wasn't great. Uh, A 17-point loss to St. Francis, who's really good. Um, But then I see a two-point loss to Shiloh. I see a one-point loss to Grayson. I see a one-point loss to Langston Hughes. I see a a six-point loss in overtime to Shiloh and I see a three-point loss to Newton so what does that tell you Ramin they lose close games to really good teams and that's just a couple bounces the other way and you could be looking at a team that's uh easily what 18 and 10 we said they could be 26 and 2 that's how good I feel Archer is and that's why I have them in the final four as a four seed
1: and so we kind of covered this bottom right. Um, we're going to go up to the top right here. You picked Grayson, one of the one seeds. If you had to pick one team who had the best shot at uh, knocking Grayson off, who, who would it be? Well, um, it, it
0: has to start in that, that quadrant there. I think Norcross, and I know there's been a lot of crying and boo-hooing about the, the brackets and how it's not fair. It's the brackets. You gotta beat good teams to win a state championship. Whether it's in the third round or it's in the last round in the state championship, you gotta beat good teams. So it doesn't matter when you play them. Okay, so uh, it, it sucks. I mean, Grayson plays Pebblebrook in the second round. Uh, of course, if Grayson wins, we can't get ahead of ourselves. And if Pebblebrook wins, um, that's not an easy matchup. But it, with all being said and done, you have to beat good teams. Whether it's in the Elite Eight. Or the state championship it happens every single year so there's no reason to complain about it you got to play the games you got to win the games and with that being said Norcross I think definitely has the best chance at beating Grayson just because they have that length they have JT Thor um, and they, they have uh, you know Kavon Eskridge is a shooter that can space the floor um, Josh Taylor's going to Georgia they have they got size the guard play is where I think Grayson will top them though I think Grayson's guard play um, with uh, Caleb Murphy, uh, Davon Smith, uh, I, I think that guard play is going to be better. And then Tenari Lane as a swingman, I think that three is going to be a difference maker. And then Ian Shefflin inside, I think he is you know, matured <laughs> by leaps and bounds. I mean, I saw when Norcross put Grayson out last year, um, Shefflin had about four points in that game. I don't think that's going to be uh, the case this year if these two teams hook up and I think Grayson has a bad taste in their mouth from last season. Uh, so that's why I think Grayson gets past Norcross in the Elite Eight. But I think that is going to be a phenomenal game. And a lot of star-studded players in that one. But I just think Grayson, I think they played in the toughest region all season long. They pulled out games. Um, some games where they probably shouldn't have won, where they came back in the last seconds, last minutes. Uh, I think they're battle-tested to win a state title this year, and that's why I have them going to the Final Four.
1: Moving on to the left side of the bracket, um, it's we'll start at the bottom left. You have the two-seed Shiloh coming out again from Region 8, but who, who poses the biggest threat up there to Shiloh, and who do you have coming in the Elite 8 there? Oh, yeah.
0: Um, that Shiloh bracket's going to be really tough because I'm looking at just off the top of the paper – Shiloh, Wheeler, Burkmar. that's a really tough three right there. And looking at our final regular season rankings, I mean, we got Shiloh, who's 23-3, and three, all three losses to Grayson, who's, what, like number four in the nation. So Shiloh hasn't lost to anybody outside of Grayson. So that's why Shiloh's remained number two in the state uh, ever since I got there. Um, we're looking at Berkmar, who's red hot, just won that region tournament. They're up to number six. They've been you know, flourishing after a really slow start to the season. And then we have Wheeler, who's been really, really good at number four. And that's um, even without Isaiah Collier, who got hurt, um, broke that bone near his shoulder. And they've continued to keep it rolling. Um, but just with that being said, Shiloh, they beat everybody outside of Grayson. And they've played in that Region 8, and they played a really challenging non- region schedule as well um so that's why I, I like shiloh to advance but if they can get past wheeler and wheeler is going to be really tough because wheeler likes to hit you in the mouth down low at jaheem hudson and sam hines uh you know six six and six seven really good inside but shiloh um shiloh can really counter that as well because shiloh has some um some really good size uh, that has really taken off this year and jordan mitchell uh, is who I'm talking about six foot six junior he's been really really good he has really come out of nowhere to have a great season uh, for Shiloh so he can really uh, kind of negate some things I think that Wheeler likes to do uh, and the same with Burkmar. With Malik Ewing inside he's really good and Deloach is about six 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 seven but Shiloh is predicated on their defense um, Ezra Azar is another big body that you can throw out there, but then the, the just the balanced guard play of Shiloh, and they have so many guys that can knock down threes. Anthony Canada is a, a three-and-D type player. James Little, uh, a, a physical six-foot-three inside-out wing. Um, Zadi Jackson really controls the tempo. I, I trust his playmaking ability and his decision with the ball in his hands. And then Caleb Golden's a big guard that can knock down shots. So I just think Shiloh is so deep. They have so many guys that can beat you at the three-point line, and Jordan Mitchell is that solid, that good around the basket. Um, that Silo's a really complete team. And like I said, I mean, when you play Grace and you see the best of the best three times, and you lose to them in you know nail-biting fashion, what? Like two out of the three times. Well, this past one wasn't necessarily that close, and then the first one they lost by about 12. But I mean, they were right in those games for the most part, uh, within striking distance. If they go on a you know a quick 6-0 run. Uh, any part of that game it kind of changes the momentum but with that being said uh i really think shiloh has seen the best of the best and you know wheeler's really good burkmar's outstandingly hot at this time Uh, but shiloh has been consistent all throughout the season and that's why i think they go to the final four
1: and Kyle, last thing, we're going to look at the top left side of the bracket. Interestingly, in 7A, I guess, as a consequence of there being larger schools, mostly metro Atlanta schools, I think Tiff County probably by far has the longest travel distance. How do you see the Tiff County versus North Cobb game playing?
0: Uh, yeah, There's so there's a, a couple games that are going to have um, some big-time travel, and that's going to lead to uh, a, a couple reasons why I, I favor one team over another. Um, You know, Tiff County, North Cobb, that's just, you know, one of many games that I think travel is going to be an issue. Um, In that particular game, I think North Cobb has proven that uh, they're pretty good this year. I mean, they played McEachin really tough a couple times. McEachin's not the McEachin of of old. And, you know, with that being said, again, that's why I think Archer uh, would beat McEachin, who I have meeting in the Elite Eight. I think Archer's more physical i think they play harder i think they play better as a team i think mckeechin from everything i've been hearing they've been pretty joe cool and just cruising and coasting they're not good enough to coast this year uh they kind of turned it on a little bit in the region tournament but i think they've still had their struggles at times um but you know north Cobb, i think that's a, that could get past Tip county Tip county is not Tip county of old and I know we tried saying that the past year or two, and they, they, they found a way to be really good. But, I mean, a three seed this year, Tiff County's always going to be tough, but Tiff County's going to be on the road in the first round. Um, I think that's going to be difficult for them. I think North Cub will be able to get it done. And with Milton, my team coming out of that that top left bracket, um, with Bruce Thornton, he's a, he's a winner. Uh, that team's really really good Overton coming in gives them some big size in the paint moves bodies around Evan Hurst uh, a good shooter a good score on the on the wing and Kenan Carlisle uh, all those guys really really good and I I feel like right now I have them in the elite eight against Newton and the only reason I have Newton beating Cherokee in that second round is because I think Newton has much better guard play outside of Tyland Owens I think he's He's a star for Cherokee, but Cherokee just does not have any threats at all outside of the big three of Zach Vickers, uh, uh, Elijah Tucker, and T.O. And, you know, that's great to have three guys. I mean, that's that's more than about, you know, 80% of the teams, but when your other guards are just complete non-threats, I wouldn't even guard them. I mean, half the time, those three guys are scoring 90 95% of their points. And against a team that's guard-heavy, like Newton, and of course is if Cherokee beats West, like if Newton beats Collins Hill, I just think the pressure that Newton can put on Cherokee at you know three guard positions is just gonna be a lot, a lot, a lot for Cher- Cherokee to overcome. And it's gonna to be tough, and again, I think Milton is the most complete team on that side of the bracket, and that's why I feel like Milton, even though they are pretty young, they're so talented and they have such a winner at the point guard position that can dominate every single possession and really get the most out of each possession. That's why I have Milton go into the final four.
1: And Kyle, we heard your final four picks at the top of the segment. Now, before we wrap it up, your championship pick in 7A boys. Oh, gosh. I don't, I don't, I, you know,
0: obviously a lot of these things are going to change with upsets all throughout. Nothing set in stone, but the way I have it constructed is, uh, round four, Grayson versus Shiloh, round four. And I think Grayson, Grayson, uh, wins round four and uh Grayson gets their first state title and it's going to be well deserved if they do so but I got Grayson versus Shiloh and I got Grayson winning the state title
1: and with that we'll take it down to class six a just looking at the bracket top left quadrant the region um five one seed tri-cities you were telling me something before the podcast Kyle that could affect their chances here in the state playoffs
0: yeah Peyton Daniels apparently suspended again got ejected again getting into it, uh, with Alexander, I think that was the, uh, I want to say that was probably the semifinals, but talk about letting your team down. (laughs) Can't do that. I mean, uh, it it really hurts them. I feel like, you know, with Tri-City still able to win the region championship and set themselves up for a a fairly path, but it's just going to get really tough. You need all your bullets and, you know, you're playing Johns Creek in the first round. Johns Creek has, um, you know, a really big roster and Johns Creek has shown that they can, they can put some scares into some teams, uh, throughout the season. Um, I, I think Tri-Cities will, it, will be able to beat Johns Creek, but, uh, Johns Creek does have some talented guard play, especially, uh, Jordan Johnson. He's really, uh, turned it on this year, has had a breakout season, but, um, uh, it's gonna hurt Tri Cities down the road, but I mean, once he's back, he's back. But they've got to survive at least maybe a game, possibly two. I'm not sure. I, I was told that he might have been suspended for three games, which his first, I would assume, would be that that region championship. So it might be two games left. It might be one game left. I don't really know. Um, but it, it is gonna affect them, and uh, you know, especially when you see a team like know again this is if everything goes according to plan or according to what my bracket tells me uh, a state title rematch with tucker in the elite eight you need all the bullets in the chamber uh to play a team like that and it's just going to be really tough and that's why i mean i I'm, I'm assuming daniels would be back by then um but tucker i think tucker with uh um and Jermonte hill and uh terrence edwards that's a team that's been really tough all throughout the year and They're big and they're talented and they're back and that's why I think Tucker, uh, if they see Tri-Cities in a rematch, I think Tucker can get the job done because Tri-Cities, they they have shown some cracks throughout the season, um, especially late, but they did turn it on at the right time in the region championship and just the region tournament in general. But I think Tucker, I think this could be Tucker's year to get over the hump and get to the Final Four and get back to a state tournament or state
1: championship. So we've got Tucker in the top left, your final four pick from the bottom left quadrant, Kyle.
0: Bottom left is, uh, gosh, I debated back and forth with a lot of these games, travel, uh, an issue in in a few of these ones. Uh, My bottom left quadrant uh, comes to a surprise to many and probably a surprise to myself, but... um, I guess a dark horse Uh, I I go with Richmond Hill uh, number one seed out of region two Uh, Richmond Hill has been solid throughout the year Um, they got some physical guard play from what I've been told down on the coast and just, you know, looking at what they've done throughout the year. I mean, they do have a couple nice wins sprinkled throughout. I mean, they blew out Statesboro. I mean, that was before Statesboro went on a 20-game winning streak, but they beat them by 35 points. They beat Hepsiva, a pretty tough team and you know, Class 2A. They did beat Camden County, and Camden County only has about three or four losses. They beat Camden County. They beat Statesboro again. Um, so they, they do have some good wins. They lost at... Windsor forest or lost to Windsor forest by three points. Um, and it's just one of those things when you play on the coast, you don't really see a lot of the Metro Atlanta powerhouse team. So you don't really know what you have, but you know, you got a good team, but you just don't know how good of a team. And you know, they got some wins over Brunswick as well. So, um, that's why I got Richmond Hill, Richmond Hill, you know, looking at that second round matchup, I project them to play Sequoia. Um, and the only reason, really, I would pick Richmond Hill in that one is just because of travel. I, I know, I know what Canton to Savannah is. That's a four-hour drive. That's gonna be tough. And I think Sequoia, um, they had the resume. They have the record. I think Sequoia might be a better team than Richmond Hill, but with the travel, and with Richmond Hill is gonna be, if they have Sequoia uh, at home in the Sweet 16, and you know, Jaden Marshall's really talented player and sheldon lewis those two guys have been really good for him uh i don't think richmond Hill's seen a shooter like jackson greco and a team that you know moves the ball as well but uh crazy things happen you know that's a matchup you never see that's a team from four hours away style of basketball is going to be different but that's why i have richmond hill advancing to the final four and who do i have them advancing over i have a Again, I don't know. It's really tough. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at that that best four versus one seed game. Um, you know, on top right hand side, Grovetown versus Valdosta, I think could be a coin flip game. And then looking at this one on the bottom, Alexander and Chattahoochee. Alexander, they do have all the pieces. I think they could match up really well against Chattahoochee, um, considering how you have Bryce Robinson, a, a solid six foot seven. Post player that's going to protect the rim and score with his back to the basket. Xavier Thornton, a, a, a six-four wing that can do a little bit of everything. Marvin McGee is about a six-foot-five, strongly built wing that can knock down threes. Jalen Brown has really put that team on his back at the point guard position. He's very athletic. Um, Alexander has all the pieces, and Chattahoochee. I mean, they had the star power. A.J. White could torch them for 25 points and soak could camp sheffield and if franklin bailey gets loose you know it's game over but alexander again playing in that tough region five you know they are a four seed for a reason so i don't know but i i i just think that alexander if anybody could beat a, a one seed i think it could be alexander and that's why i kind of lean towards them finding finding a way to get it done but again you know i think the winner of alexander versus chattahoochee in that first round matchup is going to be elite eight um and just in this this edition of my bracket for some reason i don't know if i'm i'm right or wrong but i think alexander advances to the elite eight and chattahoochee um uh, like I said, the winner of that game, I think, goes to the Elite Eight. And just I just think Alexander might have a little more balance and more bullets in the chamber, but the star power of White and uh, Sheffield, that's going to be tough to overcome. But I feel like Alexander, they do have the pieces to do that.
1: And now you started mentioning a bit of the top right quadrant, so I guess give us your final four pick first and then a quick breakdown.
0: Uh, it looks like I'm going with Lanier. To get there, Um, Lanier's been really, really solid this year. They played some good teams early on in the season to get themselves prepared because their region isn't necessarily the strongest. I mean, Gainesville's a two seed, and Gainesville is 12-14 and on the year. Um, But Lanier's been good throughout. So I have Lanier with Andrew. Sion James, a good backcourt. You know, a couple other guys, Ija Phillips. Uh, and Ryan Johnson's a big six foot seven floor spacer. So I got Langston, Hughes, uh, not, not Langston Hughes. I got Lanier. I got Lanier beating Langston Hughes in the elite eight. And that would be a really tough matchup, uh, to even get to the elite eight for Langston Hughes because Valdosta, like I said earlier, I know I'm jumping all over the place. Valdosta versus Grovetown, a real coin flip game, Daryl Lockhart, he, he wins a lot of games. He won two state championships with Valdosta. Um, Ricky Brown's a really good scoring guard in all in Florida as well. You so guys are going to be really tough. And I think Grovetown going to Valdosta, that's going to be a trip, and that's a deciding factor for me. And then Valdosta versus Langston Hughes. Uh, and, again, that's with Langston Hughes if they can get past Cambridge. I think, you know, Elite Eight, the travel is going to be tough, but we've seen Langston Hughes. Hughes be road warriors before and win a state title now they, they obviously don't have um, Landers Nolly, but they do have PJ Carter they do have Casey Jennings that's two division one guards and Langston Hughes has proven they can get hot at the right time they've really owned the month of January the past couple seasons uh, I know we're in February now but they do have two state titles under their belt under coach Rory Welsh and that's why I think Langston Hughes if they play Valdosta in that elite eight uh, I do think Langston Hughes could possibly pull it out. But again, Region 5, when you play in the toughest region in the state, you're prepared for anything. But uh, I got Langston Hughes over Valdosta and then
1: Lanier Lanier over
0: Langston Hughes.
1: And finally, we're in the bottom right quadrant of the 6A bracket. Some names, uh, Region 6, number 1, South Cobb, possibly headlining this, bracket, this portion of the bracket, Kyle.
0: Yeah, I do have South Cobb going to the Final Four. I think they've gotten things figured out after I saw them lose to Sequoia. I still kind of worry about if shots aren't falling for Zako Littleton. You know, Amon Washington, he's a dominant post presence. So you got to get him the ball out and he can carry that team. But if shots aren't falling for Zako, where is that second scoring option going to be? And I don't know if Travis Burris is a good enough score. He's more of a point guard and they got some – they got a couple guards that, that look good. Robert Dix is big, but, I mean, it's not fair. I only saw him play one time, but those guys looked, you know, I hate to say it, but pedestrian against Sequoia. And Sequoia, a lot of people said they might have played their, you know, their best game of the season, and I'm sure they did, but I just worry about that. Out of Amon, Washington, who I can count on, the region player of the year. Zako if he's knocking down those shots South Cobb can definitely win a state title but if he's not knocking down the shots to couple with Amon Washington's inside out presence I think that really makes them uh, a lot more susceptible to getting knocked off but with that being said I do think South Cobb does get the job done and does advance to the final four
1: And that will do it for our discussion of Class 6A down to Class 5A, Kyle. Again, starting in the top left bracket, your one seed is – your one seeds are Eagles Landing and Southwest DeKalb. Excuse me. Do you have a one seed going all the way here? Well, Ramin, I would be
0: remiss. I I know people are on the edge of their seat. They're wanting to know who am I picking to win Class 6A. Come on, Ramin. uh, I got to circle it back real quick because I do think I I did not give a prediction in Class 6A. My prediction in Class 6A – Tucker versus South Cobb in the championship with coach James Hartree Tucker winning a state title. And back to Class 5A. Do I have some number one seeds making a deep run? Well, here's my final four. I'll rip it off real quick. Eagles Landing, Lythonia, Kell, and Dutchtown. Eagles Landing, they scare me. They scare me a lot. They have not gotten into the elite 8 in many many years coach montgomery has struggled to get eagles landing out of the sweet 16 round he's had some damn good teams in the regular season but things have fallen apart for them um in the second round but you know just looking at their matchup if they get there i have them potentially playing clark central um it'd be either clark central or jackson maynard jackson i think eagles landing should confidently be able to get through there but keith lamar Going to Stetson, he's had some issues. He's missed some time in the region tournament. His availability, I don't know if he's 100% and if he's going to be back or not. That throws a big monkey wrench into things. Uh, If he's not 100% and he's not playing, things get a lot sketchier for Eagles landing. Um, But I think David Thomas, a freshman, I think he's been so good for them. And, of course, Kershon Thrash does a little bit of everything. But just having that true scoring point guard and david thomas i think he's mature beyond years and he's that an x-factor for eagles landing and i like eagle landing to get to the final four on that top left hand side And just looking at that top left hand side i mean it's pretty favorable for eagles landing um looking at other ranked teams in that side there is doesn't look like there's a soul that's ranked in the top 10 on that top left hand side um so i i feel like Eagles landing, if they're going to get to the Final Four, it has to be this year and it has to be in this quadrant because it, it is on paper at least favorable
1: for Eagles landing to get to the Final Four. In the bottom left, um, you are going to elaborate on your Final Four choice, of course, but first, a game. I know you're having some, uh, some ruminations about trying to pick the winner of the first game, Carver Atlanta versus Cedar Shoals. Yeah, yeah, Cedar
0: Shoals. I think Cedar Shoals is a. Uh, I think Cedar Shoals should comfortably win that one with Quincy Canty inside, and um, you know they got Tyler Johnson and I think Kashik Brown is how you say his first name. I think that's a really good nucleus, and they've been really good, so I like them. Um, the four-one matchup at the bottom of the left-hand side: Lithonia and Hiram. Lithonia was ranked number one in the state. They were 24 and one. They lose two games in a row. People told me that they think Lithonia threw the last place. Uh, You know, the the 3-4 game, the consolation game, there were two free throws with about .7 seconds left on the clock. Someone, you know, they they missed the first free throw front end, and then the second one kind of airballed it. I don't know if he missed those on purpose or the player was just a bad free throw shooter, but I don't know. From all the little whisperings and grumblings, and I haven't really dove too much into it, but... People do think that for some reason, Lithonia threw the game um, and lost on purpose to get the four seed to play Hiram. And I've seen Hiram play. Hiram, if they're knocking down three-point shots, they're going to be very scary um, because Hiram is good. DeAndre Brown has been really good for that Hiram team. And Hiram's a team that I wanted to get into the top ten earlier in the season but just had a hard time you know, shoehorning and naming because a lot of teams weren't losing. Um, but Tyron, when they're shooting those threes, and they got Javen Brown, they got DeAndre Brown, and they got uh, Archard Krepsak. Knocking down those threes, they're going to be really tough. But the key player that I saw for this team that does the dirty work and is a difference maker inside is Tyler Merriweather. He's only about six foot four, but he is their glue guy. He rebounds. He, you know, he gets putbacks. Um, when I saw them against East Palm, he made so many good decisions with the ball at the high post. You know, not forcing anything, but hitting guys, hitting shooters in the corners. Um, Hiram can give Lithonia everything they want and more, especially if they're knocking down those threes. But Liechtenstein, I think, you know, outside of that hiccup in the uh, the region tournament, and again, I tweeted it out uh, this past week, how how do you pick teams in a tournament? Do you look at the resume, their their body of work the entire season what they've done for, you know, 2-3 months or Are you looking at recent trends of oh they lost two games in the region tournament, now they're on a downside? It doesn't matter, you know, you know, twenty-four and one team but lose back to back games, does that mean they're they're not clicking? Did they peak at the wrong time? Are they not playing good basketball? There's just so many factors you have to judge in. Like how how do you weigh uh, recent performances and you know, uh, performances and you know, recency bias is a thing and you know, how how important is the trends versus what they've done the entire season? Uh, and what they've done the entire season has win a lot of games. Their only loss came to Grayson. And Lithonia, with Eric Gaines, who's finally getting the recognition he deserves, is just a freak athlete and a, you know, a hell of a point guard that can put you on a poster. And Franklin Champions come over and you know, giving them a boost. And Javante Jackson as well came over to give them a, you know, a five foot six ankle biter point guard that's going to get after you and play real fast. With that being said, Lithonia has been the team with a great resume all year long. And that's why I think Lithonia as a four seed beats Hiram. Uh, and I think they beat a lot of teams and I think they get all the way to the final four.
1: Moving to the right side. Now, um, your number one seed in the top right or Buford and Warner Robins, a combo of names. I feel like we've heard a lot. Who do you have taking it?
0: Um, uh, so Buford, Warner Robins, both one seeds. Um, uh, But I do have Kale as that two seed, and Najee Cologne, I'm assuming he's still out. I I don't. I never got the word if it was a sprained wrist, a broken wrist. I think he's been hurt since I saw go down hard against Carrollton. That's a three point shooter. They lose, but um, Scooter Henderson. He is. He is the real deal. And a lot of the other guys, he doesn't have another. You know, great like basketball. Like super skilled. Uh, partner in crime they just have a lot of hard nose uh, you know go to work guys that get the job done um, and that's guys like Jamal Hill has stepped up big time um, Xavier Presley's always been really good inside I liked him if it was last year or the year before I, I, I guess it was last year I like him as an six-foot-four post that can play above the rim and just rebounds and does the little things and Jalen Brown's another guy who has stepped up big time for Kel and I like Kale. Um, you know, the, the you know, just looking at what could happen in the Sweet 16, it could be Statesboro versus Buford, and Kale versus Warner Robins. And I think those are two, you know, really really good games. But I think Kale, I think warner robbins if warner robbins gets past Jonesboro, who has not you know Jonesboro. i think it's finally safe to say Jonesborough hasn't been Jonesboro of years past but a coach mailman team and the uh you know the state playoffs you got to be very careful of. but jamal garman does a really good job and he he, he can win games uh, but warner robbins they do have the athleticism especially Keyshawn hauser uh that can match up with scooter henderson um but i think Kale has played in that really good Region 7, which has turned out to be a really tough, deep, deep region. They've had tests all throughout. I think Kale's been battle-tested enough. Even without Cologne shooting them threes, uh, I think Kale is good enough to get to the Final Four, and that's
1: why I have them advancing. And finally, the bottom right quadrant in Class 5A, Kyle. Bottom right, I went with Dutch Town.
0: Dutchtown. Looks like Dutchtown. I mean, they're they're big. Jermaine Mann, Cam Bryant, uh, Hobbs at the guard position. They got they got a, a really good balance team. Now they lost two or three to Eagles Landing. All all those games were uh, real nail biters. Um, but I do like Dutchtown. Uh, and again, you know, just looking at those, we gotta we gotta bring it back because we said Eagles Landing at the top left hand quadrant. they were the only ranked team in there. And now I'm looking at that that previous quadrant we just touched on, the top right-hand side. I see Statesboro, who is ranked number 10. I see Buford, who is ranked number 7. I see Kell, who is ranked number 5. And I see Warner Robins, who's ranked number 6. So the middle of the rankings right there. Looking at what Dutchtown has to deal with, I see nobody currently constituted in the top 10. And that doesn't mean that my rankings and you know my rankings aren't the gospel there's good teams that get left out it's a numbers game but i don't see anybody that's currently in the top 10 i see riverdale who's a, like 11 and 10 or something like that who somehow won the region three championship as a as a once i think that's a um uh, some that Dutchtown takes a, a nice uh you know a nice sigh of relief right there um i see potentially matching up with riverwood in the second round Uh, Buck Jenkins, he is a hell of a coach, and that's going to be tough. Uh, Nathan Henderson, I think they got some good players, and Riverwood's a team that's been on the precipice of getting in the top ten but never quite could push through. But if Dutchtown could beat a a defensive-minded team like that, I think they're in good shape because I see them playing Columbia in the Elite Eight, and I think Dutchtown has... The resume, they've been good enough all year long. I think they get to the Final Four. And just, I mean, just looking at what Region 4, you know, I think it worked out for Eagles Landing and Dutchtown quite well, on paper at least, considering how both of those teams, they get the one and the two seed, and both of those teams have no other teams in the top ten in their quadrant. I think it worked out really nice for those two teams.
1: And I would be remiss if I don't ask you who your championship pick is here in 5A. 5A, it looks like I have Lithonia
0: and Dutchtown, and it looks like I'll go with a four-seed Lithonia to win the state title.
1: On to Class 4A now. Um, Looking at the top left quadrant, we have some names. We have the Woodward Academy. We have the Sandy Creek in there. Um Westover, Baldwin, that's a first round matchup, Region one number three versus region three number two. Give me your sweet sixteen matchups here first before we get to the elite eight and the final four pick.
0: Yeah, gosh, those are uh, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, sweet sixteen on that top left hand side. I got Madison County versus Woodward Academy. and then you know Westover and Baldwin, that's you know that's two regions. that's always a toss up really. but I, I got Baldwin because they are at home. And I do have uh, Sandy Creek just overpowering Chesapeake. Now, Chesapeake, they can shoot the three ball. Uh, I I know they could light it up, but they could hit 15 threes in a game and keep it close. But I think Sandy Creek will just be overwhelming. So I got Madison County versus Woodward and Baldwin versus Sandy Creek. And I know you're going to ask who I got going to the Final Four, so I'll save you the breath for me. Gosh, I got Woodward versus Sandy Creek in the (laughs) Elite Eight again. Uh, there's no reason to bitch and complain about the brackets it's gonna happen eventually you know it, inevitably you got to beat good teams to win a state title whether it be in the first round or in the state championship and we have a state championship caliber game in the elite eight and you know if we break down this matchup one-on-one walk kessler versus jabari smith i think jabari smith's better because he is more mobile um, you know, Walker has a couple inches on him, but I think they're they're both similar as to being big guys that can shoot the three and can defend them at a high clip. Um, but I think you know Jabari's probably a little bit more of a you know a, a forward type that could spend time at the wing, even. And you know if they ever you know defended each other one on one, I think uh, Jabari would have the advantage with his quickness and you know ball handling ability. Uh, So I I give the nod there. And, you know, Deshaun Proctor inside at 6'5", a big muscle man, is going to carve out some space and can really help. And Daryl Rice, a a scrappy little guard. Um, But I just think that the matchups outside of that, you know, Emory Lanier, Will Richard, or Will Richard, however you want to pronounce it, um, Michael Whitmore, and, you know, that that scrappy matchup with Daryl Rice, two just feisty great little guards that are – so, uh, you know, underrated. Um, and then uh, Ja'Cory Turner as well. I, I mean, all that, I think Woodward's just so so primed. If anyone could beat Woodward as far as the straight-up one-on-one matchups go, I think Sandy Creek is a, a good matchup. But I do think Woodward is just a little bit better at a lot of those spots. And that's why I think Woodward with, you know, Walker Kessler – uh, you know, he's a senior. It's his time. Senior leadership going to North Carolina. All American, seven footer, five star. I think Sandy Creek, it just might not be their year yet. And that's why I think Woodward, with that senior leadership and those guys moving in uh, Richard and Emery Lanier, that's why I got Woodward going to the Final Four.
1: On to the bottom left. Who's your Final Four pick and who's the dark horse that could spoil that bid? I.
0: Final four pick, it looks like I'm going with Denmark. Um, Denmark has been very solid, very consistent. And, uh, golly gee, we're, we're talking about – we just talked about the top left-hand side with uh, you know Woodward, who we have ranked number one, and Sandy Creek ranked number three, meeting in the uh, – potentially in the Elite Eight. I'm looking at t- bottom left-hand quadrant. I see – Doherty, who just slipped back into the rankings at 16 and 12 at number 8. I see Denmark ranked number 5. No one else in the top 10. Um, So I do like Denmark to get to the Final Four. As far as an underdog, you know, a dark horse, I think... Doherty would be a dark horse if you consider them a dark horse, since they just, you know, they were a preseason top ten team, didn't really play that well, started playing a lot better down the stretch, second half of the season. Uh, Doherty maybe as a dark horse, but if you need a a, a team that uh, you want to classify as a dark horse, other than that, Druid Hills maybe. I mean, Druid Hills they did beat Woodward Academy this year. Uh, you know, it's just really tough that they're going to Upson Lee, and this Upson Lee team is nowhere near what they've been the past three years. Um, and I, I don't think Upson Lee is going to lose in the castle in the first round. That's the one reason why I have, uh, you know, Druid Hills uh, losing to Upson Lee in the first round. If that was flipped, I would think Druid Hills would win, but they don't have home court advantage, and Upson Lee still is going to pack it out in Thompson. Uh, but Druid Hills with Seth Cushenberry and a couple other guys, uh, if you're looking for a real dark, dark, dark sleeper pick, uh, the number four team out of Region 4 would be my sleeper-sleeper in the bottom left-hand side, but I still think Denmark gets it done and gets to the final four.
1: In the top right quadrant of Class 4A, your home seeds, I think, can be categorized in two ways. You have West Lauren, St. Pius, Blessed Trinity, and America's Sumter, Kyle.
0: Yeah, and America's Sumter, you know, 27-0, haven't been the number one-ranked team in the state. Um Lost in the state tournament last year in the championship game in a heartbreaking fashion. I mean, you gotta, you really gotta give it up to what they've been able to accomplish this year because I definitely did not see them going this far. I know they got, uh, you know, Trey Brown still in the mix and he's been really good leading that team, but Johnny Jenright has stepped right in, 27 and 0. And America's is tough. Now that region is. It's it's definitely definitely down from last year. I mean, just looking at Region One, you got 27-0 America Sumter, then Carver 16-9, Westover 14-11, Doherty 16-12, Hardaway 14-11, Columbus 11-15, Shaw 11-16, Northside 1-19, and Cairo a big goose egg at zero and 22. But you know the one win that really put America Sumter on the map. was that big win against uh, Eagles Landing? They beat them 51-48. Now it was down at Lee County, so that's you know that's you know, that's hell of a travel for uh, Eagles Landing to get down there. But that was their one big big signature win, and you've been holding you know hanging their hat on that for a while now. And they did beat Monroe, who I think is really good as well, 55-51. Um, so America Sumter, I think they're really good. Are they 27 and oh good? I, I don't know if the resume really shows that but they are 27 and 0 and I do think they're going to the final four um so we'll, we'll see how it all plays out you know after the first round or two you really get to know which regions were for real which regions weren't that great um but I do think 27 and 0 I'm picking them to go to the final four and uh I'm I'm sticking with that. Trey Brown, I think he he's going to rebound. He didn't have a great state championship game, the only time I've seen him play, but I think he's going to be on a war path to get America Sumter back.
1: And finally, the bottom right quadrant.
0: Bottom right, um, some tough matchups here. A lot of coin flip games, in my opinion. I mean, Marist versus Chapel Hill. Talk about different, you know, different styles Chapel Hill wants to get out and run uh that's a really good game carver columbus who we had in the top 10 prior to the region tournament they got in there at uh number seven but they fell all the way to the four seed but carver columbus i think they could still potentially be dangerous but i i'm starting to really like this cross creek team but um that's a game i'm looking at as well i think lafayette should beat Oconee County and then Howard versus McDonough again I don't know I mean Howard has Colin Tarver he's a freak athlete he can really get out and you know rip and run and put some guys on a poster but McDonough lay Davis inside they got a couple guys um Jaquan Carter got hurt so his career's over um but Dayon James can you know a six foot four knockdown three-point shooter if he's hot they can be really dangerous and they played pretty well in the region tournament. Um, but with that being said, I think the, the winner of this quadrant, it's coming in the, that, that, those bottom four teams, Marist, Chapel Hill, Carver, Columbus, Cross Creek. And I think the winner of, you know, if Cross Creek can get past Carver, Columbus, I think the winner of that, that second round Sweet 16 matchup, which I think it's going to be Chapel Hill and Cross Creek, I think that, that winner will go to the final four, and I think home court advantage looms large, especially being in Augusta. We all know Augusta is a, a, a tough place to play at. I got Cross Creek beating Carver Columbus with that home court advantage, and I mean, my God, that's literally the, the complete opposite side, so that's that's got to be be at least like five hours from uh, Columbus to Augusta that's that, that's west to east that's gonna be tough travel so I got Cross Creek winning that one and then Cross Creek versus Chapel Hill I debated this one a lot Ramin I don't know who to go with I think Mackay Bell is could be a superstar in this you know this state tournament but again home court advantage Cross Creek's got a lot of seniors veteran group I'm going with Cross Creek to beat um Chapel Hill and then I got Cross Creek advancing to the final four and I think they're going to do so uh, riding the backs of a lot of seniors you know Kobe Stewart going to Presbyterian um, he's averaging over 20 points per game Corey Trotter Jr. is averaging you know just under a double double and then another senior Makai uh, Clemens uh, he's averaging over 10 points per game as well so they got a pretty you know good trio of scores and I think Cross Creek gets the job done and advances on to the final four
1: and before we move on here, I need you to fill out those bottom two lines on the GHSA bracket. Who is your champion and who is your runner-up? Ooh. So I have
0: Woodward versus Cross Creek. Going with Cross Creek versus Woodward and my champion, I, I got to go at Woodward. I just I just have to go at Woodward. Now, I think Cross Creek does have some pretty big dudes. I got some pretty good size across the board, but um, I think – you know, Woodward is is a team to beat. And if they can beat Sandy Creek, uh, and I know I, I want to say um, Woodward and Denmark, I want to say they hooked up last year uh, in the tournament, and it was a really good game. I can get a quick fact check on that, but I could see those two teams hooking up again in the final four. And, uh, yeah, they, they pulled away and beat Denmark 58-50 um, in the Elite Eight last year. But I do have Woodward. Beating Cross Creek, I th- just think Woodward that starting five is too good. Their depth is eh, a little shaky. They got a couple nice guys you could throw in at a you know in a, a couple minutes. I think they're about maybe eight men deep, but I think Woodward that that starting five is just too complete. And I think Woodward it's their state championship to lose.
1: We will move on to Class Three. A on the uh, bottom excuse me, on the top left quadrant a lot of names familiar if you've been following the, um, the rankings over the past couple of years that are hosting games, what is going to happen in the uh, bottom, top left excuse me, quadrant uh,
0: I want to preface this by saying 3A has been really tough because there's about 15, 16 teams uh, that are deserving of being in the top 10 and you know a lot of teams should have a crack at it um, but 3A, is, it, it's really good and it, it's kind of the opposite, like 4A the other day I was just like scrounging for like, who can we put in 4A and I think St. Pius probably belongs in class 4A, but you know I was doing these rings at 2am in the morning I was half asleep trying to pump this out because I had some stuff to attend to today um, but 3A, no shortage of really good teams that should be in the discussion to be in the uh, the top 10 Um, So that's going to lead to a lot of good games, obviously. Um, That top left-hand side, I mean, North Murray's been screaming and crying at me to be in the top 10. Um, They did not look like a top 10 team when they got beat by uh, LFO in the region championship. But I know North Murray, they have home court advantage. It's going to be tough uh, for Monroe area um i know north murray's gonna have some guys that can knock down some shots and lad mcconkey they got some football players so they're gonna have some sneaky good athletes over there um but i think monroe area just with uh how they've been playing recently that i mean they beat Hart county um and you know they're they're real tough they get some guys that can knock down shots too um you know Brown, uh, Lyles. I got some good talent over there at Monroe Area, and a couple guys with some size as well. So I think Monroe Area could really uh, upset the apple cart as that three seed and knock off North Murray. Then you got Tattletail County, who's always been a, a pretty good program, but I think Westside Macon's flourishing at the right time with Javion Mosley and the uh, Kweisi Reeves Jr. I think they're finally healthy. They're looking good right now. Um, Beach, Beach has been uh, you know a nice surprise from the coast. Uh, getting that two seed. I think they'll continue that momentum and take care of Worth County and uh, Pace Academy. Pace Academy, the team to beat. I think they're going to blast North Hall. Uh, they've had some close games, like Towers given has given them a game. Westminster has uh, hung in there a few times with them. Um, but I think Pace versus Westside in the Elite Date is a, a pretty good looking matchup as far as next level prospects goes. But, I mean, with Matt Cleveland, um, Cole Middleton, you know, Madison Durr is pretty good as well. Uh, I think Pace Academy is just locked and loaded. And I think Pace Academy advances to the Final Four.
1: Now, in the bottom left side of the Class 3A bracket, I want you to give me your Final Four pick, of course, but also give me a little probabilistic ranking of if it wasn't the first guy you picked, what is the uh, chances of the second and the third and the fourth guy to make the Final Four here?
0: Oh God, this bracket. Oh man, this is this is a nightmare to fill out because I could see this going a multitude of ways. Now, the one dark horse because we just don't really we don't really see him a lot. You know, Region Two, number one, Long County. Well, when I was talking earlier about teams that should be in the top ten, Long County should be in the top ten. They're twenty-three and four for goodness sakes. Um, I think that's a good team. You know, just looking at their. their their schedule, I mean, they did lose to Jeff Davis, who's pretty good. They lost to them early in the season by six points. Um, they beat Wayne County, who ended up winning that region, that Statesboro region. Um, they lost to matter which wasn't a great loss. Um, they blew out Jeff Davis by 18 points when they played him around Christmas time. That was good. Lost to Heritage Conyers by 14 points. Fairly respectable. Um, but you just really don't know that, you know, that, that, that region – Region two is kind of I don't know, 23 and four Long County, Pierce County's 21 and six, and Liberty County's 7 and 13, Brantley 11 and 12, Tattletail 10 and 18, Appling 8 and 17. It's it's just not that good. So the record might be a little ballooned, uh, but that's a real dark horse. But um, the game that I've been having a hard time with is the bottom with Johnson and Dawson. If both those teams advance, that's going to be that's the game I was going back and forth, with. and you know, I, I scratched out on my, you know, who I initially picked to advance. Um, but he, here's how it, it, it shapes up for me. Dawson County is going to have home court advantage. That is going to be huge. But Johnson is going to come in with a, just a ton of freaking athletes and a hell of a backcourt with Derek Edwards. And Amandre and Bowles, those two guys are pit bulls. I'm telling you, those two guys are pit bulls. And, you know, Jasper Gibson is smooth and he could light this game up. And, I mean, if he's stroking from deep, Johnson's not going to have a prayer. But if he's not completely locked in, and if, you know, I, I believe it's who Campbell Reed's not locked in with him as well, um, it's going to be a dogfight. Because, uh, you know, they Dawson Kenny, at least last year, uh, they kind of struggled with, at, you know, keeping athletic guards in front of them, and I think, you know, this year I've, I'm sure they've done a much better job. They've been really tremendous this year. Um, but Amandre Bowles is a pit bull defender, and if they if they stick Amandre Bowles on Gibson or whoever they want him to, like, I, I mean, three point shots are three point shots. They're gonna fall if they fall, they fall. But I mean, he's just gonna he's gonna make. The Dawson County guards work for every single thing they get. And Amandre Bowles is just like, you know, he's a pit bull defensively. He's going he's gonna to make them work. It's going to be really tough for Dawson. And then Derek Edwards is a guy, oh, he just, you know, averages you know, close to 25 points per game, you know. Those two guys, if those two guys get what they want for Johnson, if they have good games, Johnson, I just think they're going to win this game and they're going to be able to get the job done even with the the, the tough travel. Um But if Dawson's able to keep Johnson in front of them, and if their three point shots are falling, Dawson's going to win this game. So I just told you two teams are going to win the game, which is why I had so much, you know, anxiety picking this one. But I, I guess I'm going with Johnson with Derek Edwards. And Madre Bulls, I think those two guards being their best two players, being two guards, and Dawson County's best two players are two guards as well. So it just, I'm going with the, you know, the quickness factor of being able to get into the lane and possibly give Dawson County some trouble. But you know, getting to the lane versus three-point shooting, that's where it gets down to. And I, I, just for some reason, I'm probably going to talk myself out of it, but I got to stop talking about this matchup. But I, I'm going with Johnson with those two guards. Both of them, you know, Edwards being a senior and then Bulls just being a, a jack-of-all-trades guy. Uh, I think Johnson can somehow get past Dawson County, but I think it could be a really, really good game. And then on the top side, Franklin County. I think Franklin County gets past Long County in the second round. And with all that being said about the Johnson and Dawson matchup, for some reason on my bracket, I have Franklin County going to the Final Four. Franklin County was a Cinderella team last year. They came up just short against Dawson County with Keelan Rutledge, a 6'3", sophomore post. He is a good low post score. He has been an X-factor for them this year. He's taking his game to the next level. Franklin County, with that being said, if they do match up with either Dawson or Johnson, which I picked Johnson, I think Franklin County is tough. They've seen enough teams. And I think Franklin County coming out of that, 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 you know, that just uh, brutal Region 8, just how good Region 8 has turned out to be, I think Franklin County goes – to the final four because they have postseason experience and i think they have you know enough athleticism enough senior leadership and the emergence of keelan rutledge inside i think that's going to be a big difference maker and jason shaver is a hell of a coach great offensive sets puts his players in you know great positions to succeed i got franklin county going to the final four
1: and so that was a long breakdown of the uh, left side of 3A. Onto the right side, probably gonna be equally as long because all these teams that we've said they're competitive, they've um, they've been jostling for position up there. A lot of recognizable names, top right side of 3A. Kyle,
0: I'll try to make it quicker, but I mean it's gonna be tough. Jefferson. I saw Franklin County smack, well, they didn't really smack Jefferson, but they beat him by double digits, I believe, when I saw them play. But Jefferson's beating everyone. They keep beating Hart County. They keep beating Franklin County. Jacob Radnicker inside going to Navy 6'8". He's skilled. He's good. The Parker twins are solid. Um, Malachi Starks is a big-time athlete, and Cam Robinson is lightning-quick little guard, and they got some shooters that can come off the bench as well. Um, but the matchup, what I, I'm looking at – and and this is two teams that I kept jockeying, like should they be in the top ten? Who should be in the top ten? Who shouldn't be in the top ten? Love it versus GAC is a real coin flip game for me. Like I'm talking about, this could go either way. Uh, and Love it, of course, with the big man Ryan Mutumbo has had a breakout season this year. He's been so good for them. Um, it's gonna be a, a really good matchup. But I think GAC. Just lost in overtime to Dawson County. I think they're getting stuff figured out. Josh Fulton's just come back finally. I think they have enough size. but have a good enough game plan to somewhat slow down uh Mutumbo. And I think um GAC's guards, but Cliff Baskerville and um Lamar uh Randolph, I think those two guys, I think their guard play is going to be stronger than Lovett's, and that's why I got GAC over Lovett in a really good game. And uh, to quickly wrap it up who do i have going to the final four i have monroe going to the final four um beating jefferson and monroe um that's a team that is you know again coming out of region one where they don't even have a region tournament monroe's pretty good they got some big time athletes over there uh with mandarius uh marius ellis and uh you know they're reigning a freshman of the year I'm, I'm assuming he's still playing I mean they haven't updated too many stats or anything like that but Dominic Anderson he's a, a big 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 time future uh he's a guy that is just elite defensively and really good offensively I think Monroe um they got enough even though Quadri Watts transferred out before the season big six, six eight post presence I think Monroe uh bring that South Georgia toughness I think I like them to get to the final four
1: and finally, the bottom right side, there's the little weird quirk here in 3A. There's the one at-large bid, and that comes in in the bottom right quadrant. It's going to play Windsor Forest, the Region 3, one seed.
0: Yeah, Murray County, and uh, I don't think that's coming from a good region. In Region, what was it, Region 6, I believe that's not a good basketball reason. So if you couldn't get, couldn't get uh, a top-four seed out of that, Uh, I I don't think they're going to stand much of a chance against Windsor Forest, who um, I think Windsor Forest is really good uh, with Shamar Norman, you know, knocking down those outside shots. He's averaging 17 points per game. Uh, Deontay Bass is 6'7", blossoming into his own as a sophomore. Uh, So those two guys alone are are, going to be really scary. But I I see some really good potential Sweet 16 matchups. But, again, the the dark horse here, Hart County, we saw this last year how they got like a a three seed or something. And they weren't playing good basketball in the region tournament, but then they popped up and got all the way into the the state championship. When I saw Hart County at the Sandy Spiel Showcase, Rameen, they look phenomenal. They beat the hell out of a good Evans team that ended up winning the region, region three in Class 6 of eight. They beat him 76-50. Sean Webb, he's a great player, a junior. Schools need to start recruiting him heavily. He could end up potentially maybe being a Division I player with those long arms. So he goes 6'4". Quay Randolph, who hardly played last year, is another athletic 6'5", rim protector. Uh, Taj Johnson, the 6'7". Freshman, he's going to be a big time, you know, Division one prospect. Demetrius Glenn at guard can shoot the ball, and J.C. Curry is about a six three, uh, athletic wing that can shoot the ball too. So they have a really good team, but Franklin County owned them this year. They beat them all three times, and then they lose to Monroe Area, 74-72 in the consolation game, um, on a, a putback with two seconds left. Now, you know, shoot. Uh, I think it worked out well for Hart County because they avoid Pace Academy, who they eliminated last year, but they didn't have Matt Cleveland. You don't want to see Pace Academy until as late as possible. But with that being said, uh, these potential sweet sixteen matches of Central Macon, uh, with Clay Primus is big six seven post presence inside, Central Macon versus Hart County, Westminster, who's really good versus Windsor Force. Like those are four teams that are all you know top ten top ten teams. Uh, I know Central Macon just dropped out of the top ten, but all those teams have spent time. Um, and with that being said, uh, I'm sure we'll be able to break down these games much more as a, you know, the brackets advance. But I have Windsor Forest uh, advancing past Hart County in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. And your champion in Class 3? a Pace Academy... Over Windsor Forest. I just really hard to pick against Pace Academy, which I do think they can be beat, but you gotta go with Pace Academy.
1: Now we're down to Class Two A, Kyle. Now I know if you're listening, you've been listening to this whole hour and two long hour and two minute long um, spiel we've been giving you, maybe a bit bored, but now is the time to perk up. And I know you may have heard on the podcast previously, Kyle's a Two A guy. He likes Class Two A. 2A. Two A's interesting. That may be true. We'll start in the top left and just take it from there, please.
0: Yeah, um, you know, especially on the girls' side as well. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a 2 way guy. I'm, I'm definitely a 2 way guy. And, boy, I mean, we preface it early in the season. Region 2 versus Region 4 in the first round of the playoffs is, is going to be – Quite the matchup. And on the top left-hand side, Woodville Tompkins, who has been so up and down. You win by 30 one game. You get beat by 30 the next game. You don't know which team is coming. and Is is Bernard Pelote going to be there? We, I don't know. We don't know. Um, but that being said, they're playing Glenn Hills, who finally, you know, conquered that demon known as Laney to win the region. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting first-round matchup. But, uh, boy, just that top left-hand side. Douglas versus Glen Hales in the second round. Dublin versus Spencer in the Sweet 16. Those are my picks right there. Um, Douglas, I know they had to forfeit some games uh, earlier in the season, which kind of you know gave them the seven seed in the region tournament and did not stop them from going all the way to the region title game, where they lost by one point to Theral. Um But I got I got Douglas uh, playing Spencer in the Elite Eight, and I do have Douglas. Advancing, even though I think Spencer, this this potentially could be Spencer's year. I mean, they just are skulls, just bleeping everybody in that region, beating everyone by 40 points, scoring over 100 points, you know, multiple times. But uh, coming out of Region Six at Douglas' team playing against Therrell and everybody, that's a really defensive defensive region. It seems like, and you know, Douglas has a lot of size. Jamichael Stillwell, he's a he's an animal on the glass, and he's a rim protector. Uh, Jamarius Pledger is a big-time shooter and scorer on the perimeter. Angelo Grimes is a solid playmaking point guard. Um, you know, what What more do you need? They just, you know, Gaddis Heath has really uh, stepped up. And Corey Favors, if he's still there or not, I don't know. He's not really on the roster right now. Who knows if he was the one that was an ineligible player. But if he's still there, that's a 6-4 win that's really good as well. Um, so that's why I like Douglas to get past Spencer in a, a, a fun game. But Spencer, um, Spencer can really go. I'm telling you, Spencer is trying to make up for all those, you know, those failures. And all it takes is one year. If you think back to Thomasville when they had Reggie Perry, I'm like, man, I don't believe in this team. They got they got smoked by like Pace Academy or who, whoever it was. It was so long ago, different classifications. They just laid down and took it. Um, and, you know, teams have had not success. They haven't had success. They haven't had success. All it takes is one year to have success in the postseason, and then everything else is forgotten about. And that could be this year for Spencer, uh, especially with, you know, that that potent scoring backcourt, Jacquez Holt, and, you know, particularly Jalen Sellers. All they need is one good year to break that stigma of, oh, they never go deep in the postseason. They play in a horrible region. And, you know, let's, let's call it what it is. Spencer's 21 and three. Uh, Callaway was 14 and seven. Um, Temple 18 and 10. And then Jordan's 12 and 16. Herd six and 19. Lamar five and 19. Bremen one and 23. Um, but Spencer, they they could make some noise this year. But I think Douglas gets to the final four just because they've been so good all season long.
1: In the bottom left, Kyle, your home teams are Social Circle, Swainsboro, Early County, and Rockmart
0: um the two four two versus four matchman. this one is jefferson county versus Swainsboro. i think jefferson county is a, a good team uh i think Swainsboro is a great team this year but that'll be an interesting uh you know measuring stick game because jefferson county is a tough team in that augusta region now if they play Swainsboro and only you know it's a you know a single digit game or 10 12 point game that's gonna you know that's gonna open my eyes and say hmm interesting maybe you know that tells me how good that Augusta region is, which I thought has been so good all season long, along with that that region too that Swainsboro's from. But that's going to be a really good, interesting game. Uh, but with that being said, again, I think Swainsboro, uh, if they can get past that first test, I think Swainsboro is going to crush everyone and go all the way to the final four. Um, I think they'll play South Atlanta in that second round, which could give them some pause if you know um, DeQuavian Florence is locked in. Um, they, they have some athletes, and they got some dang good players as well, but South Atlanta is not South Atlanta. It's old. And I think Swainsboro is just going to be so freaking physical uh, with those Seabro brothers, Cedric and Frederick. I think those guys are just uh, – they've been huge all year long, and they've just been crushing everybody. And Emmanuel Hackett transferring in has given them a scoring boost. Uh, A.J. Kingsbury as well. Uh, I think Swainsboro. Um, I think they maul everybody, and I think they roll to the Final Four.
1: On the top right side, give me your final four pick and the second most likely candidate.
0: Um and again this one's gonna start with the uh you know a two versus four matchup, Butler versus Vidalia. Vidalia cracks in at number nine, and we know Coach Daly always plays just you know grind you out defense and expect this game to be played in the you know the fifties or possibly even the forties. But I mean Butler's been so good this year as well in that uh, Augusta region. So that's a real coin flip game. I think whoever wins that game in that first round matchup, I think that's going to be your your final four representat- uh, representative um, from that top right quadrant uh, because I think they'll be able to beat Banks County, who's been so up and down, and you know Washington they could give them a scare as well. But I think Butler and by that's going to be the game to keep an eye on. And uh, you know at the bottom side Chituga. You never know. If Damian Head gets hot, he could carry that team deep into the postseason. That freshman is a flamethrower. If people do not do their scouting report, he can really hurt some teams. And is always going to play that scrappy style of basketball. But a lack of size. They do have Cash Allen, who plays above the rim at 6'6". But uh, if they can get past Temple, which, again, Temple's going to want to play an ugly, slow-it-down, grind-it-out, low-scoring game. If they can get past them... It's I'm like going to set up a rematch of Thomasville. And Chatuga was the last team to beat Reggie Perry in his career in the state playoffs when they upset him, beat him at 17 at Chatuga. This time, it would be in Thomasville. And I'm sure the Thomasville faithful have not forgotten that upset. So that would be a really difficult matchup for him. But um, we'll see how the shooting plays and how the freshman plays for Chatuga. But either way, I think Butler, Butler is my pick to make it to the final four on that top right-hand side.
1: And on the bottom right-hand side of Class 2, a round out your Final Four and give me the toughest matchup you see on the path to the Final Four. <sighs>
0: uh, so my Final Four pick is I gotta pick Tharel, even though they don't have Robbie on Armbruster, they still got campports and they still got Roman, Sun, they still got Rashawn Frederick. And that's a good big big three right there, and they've been able to win that region tournament. They've been solid. Um, and again, toughest matchups like. Again, just looking at that two versus four. Jeff Davis versus Laney. C.J. Parker has been hurt. He's probably not going to play. He really messed up his hand, his wrist. And, you know, he's a talented, great three-point shooter, really good second scoring option for Jeff Davis. Jeff Davis needs all their bullets. I know Jacquez Kirby's the best player in the state in that classification, hands down. He's a phenom. Um, And Laney's going to, you know, Laney hasn't seen a – freak phenom like that before but Laney's got uh some guys as well. Uh I guess it's who uh Matt Jones. Uh they got a 6667 guy who, you know, flirted with playing at uh Berkmar this year. So they got some length that could, you know, kind of throw a monkey wrench into some things, but uh if Jeff Davis had CJ Parker, I like Jeff Davis to win this game. But if they don't have him and I don't think he's going to be back, I'm picking Laney and especially again going to augusta it's just going to be a zoo over there with the crowd it's just going to be chaotic and hectic and that's how laney and all those augusta teams like to play that's why i have Waney uh beating jeff davis and what looks like to be the best uh first round matchup um but other than that laney and Therrell, i think that would be a great second round game that's the game i would kind of be circling as a, the toughest matchup. And again, I think whoever wins that one can advance to the final four. And I do have Terrell advancing, but uh, a team to keep an eye on. Model versus Callaway. Two contrasting styles. Callaway, small, quick guards, shoot the ball, really athletic. Model, a huge front court with Jabari Byrd, 6'8". Jerry Bomer, 6'6". Um, that'll be interesting to see how the styles dictate one another, but either way. Uh, I think Therrell advances, and I think I have Therrell beating Washington County in the Elite Eight. Jarden May is really good. Just don't know if he has enough scoring options alongside him um, to be able to beat Therrell. So I have Therrell advancing to the Final Four.
1: Class A private, the brackets based on the power rankings were just released just before we started to um, record, so a rather raw reaction. And some interesting uh, teams with seemingly good records fell to 15s and 24s and whatnot.
0: Oh, you're, you're right about that. And uh, again, Ramin, I know I can't leave the people hanging. Class two-way state championship pick. I have Farrell versus Swainsboro. Who do I have winning the state championship? I have Swainsboro. I think Swainsboro is that good this year. From everything I've seen, I got Swainsboro winning Class 2A. And yes, Class A private. I know it's hot off the presses. We're eager to get into it. Holy Innocence, a 24 seed. I mean, Holy Innocence was really crappy this year, to be honest with you. They played a really good schedule. A really good schedule. But um, they had a horrible record. And then Chance Moore seduces dipped out on them. But Holy Innocence was 7-1 in the region. And they beat the teams they really needed to beat. So... At ten and sixteen, this is the best ten and sixteen team in the field, and to be a twenty-four seed going up against Hebron Christian, Hebron Christian, um, as a nine seed, dang! I mean, they got to be shaking their heads because that's that's going to be tough for them, um, because uh, they still have uh, Garrison Powell, who's a Division One recruit at the guard spot, and he can still take over games. And Holiness has seemed just like I said, you know, I'm much better uh, non-region and just overall region, uh, you know, level strength of schedule uh that hebron christian so i have maybe for the first time in bracket history i'm not sure but i have the 24 seed holy innocence advancing over hebron christian um but again we won't take too long on these because you know saint francis is in that quadrant saint francis is going to the final four you know spoiler alert so saint francis is my final four pick on that top left hand side
1: and go give us the rest of your top four here carl um
0: Then I have uh, St. Francis playing Mount Pisgah in the final four, and then I have Green Forest versus Trinity Christian in the final four. So uh, quickly, I'll I'll do the bottom left-hand side. Uh, Pisgah versus Walker, I think, could be the Elite Eight matchup. Uh, Wesleyan, they'll have to get past Wesleyan first, Mount Pisgah, but Wesleyan, they did have a disappointing result against Landmark Christian, but Wesleyan is good. Uh, Tate Gilley, Mike Smith, all those guys, Jalen Fullwood, they are good. Uh, but Mount Pisgah, I think with uh, JoJo Peterson and all those guys, I think Mount Pisgah can be prime to make a run. And especially with Nate Gordon inside at 6 7 just grabbing rebounds and wrecking havoc, and then Chase Tucker running around knocking down threes. Um, they're going to be tough. So uh, I do have Mount Pisgah advancing. And then I got Mount Pisgah playing against Walker in the Elite Eight. And, you know, those two teams have met before. Uh, Walker beat them 79-58 the first time. Then Mount Pisgah won at Walker uh, most recently at the end of January, 69-48. So I got Mount Pisgah advancing. And then on the top right-hand side, uh, I got Pinecrest as a 10 seed. I got them beating Providence Christian. I got them advancing to see Green Forest. And uh, I think you know Pinecrest could give them a game because they do have some length and they do have a couple shooters as well. Um, but I think Green Forest is too big, too strong, um, especially with uh, you know Chase Cormier come in gives them another three point shooter to go around. Lamar Oden, Christian Fussell, uh, Forest, just all those guys they got over there. Green Forest to for the Final Four, and then the bottom right hand side is uh, not a lot, not a lot of top ten teams down there. Uh, we do have St. Ann Pacelli. I think Pace- Pacelli, they could be the team that kind of throws a monkey wrench into things. I could see them getting hot and making it to the Elite Eight, or I could see them losing to North Cobb Christian in the first round uh, with Cammie Young and uh, you know uh, Caleb Crumley just being too big inside for them. Um, but with that being said, again, I got Trendy Christian, who they only really have, you know, can only play about six guys, but they're big, they're athletic, they're good if they can click at the same time. Trendy Christian has definitely by far the most talent on that bottom right hand quadrant. And I have Trendy Christian advancing to the final four. And Ramin, go ahead and ask me. Go ahead and ask me.
1: Now you're preempting me. I appreciate that. I was already kind of looking ahead to class A public. Who is your champion in A private?
0: St. Francis over Green Force, Dwan Odom, Chase Ells, Usain Holt, um, all those guys. Uh, even, you know, Seth Hubbard knocking down threes, Jordan Brown. Uh, I'm going with St. Francis. Even though Green Force has that big size, uh, I'm going with St. Francis.
1: On to Class A public. Also power ranked. Also some wonky results. Um, before we get to your final four here, Kyle, what was the biggest surprise you saw in terms of someone too high or someone too low on the rankings?
0: Oh, uh, you know, just looking at it, I know Wheeler County, you know, the Savannah area, small schools usually aren't good, as good compared to uh, some of these other rural areas, but I mean, Wheeler County, that was kind of surprising to see that they were 18-9. and They put forth a good record um, but they were the 24 seed. That That is kind of shocking, 18-9, 24 seed. And they lost to Savannah Country Day by just two points. Savannah Country Day, again, Yeah, I don't really know how legitimate they are. They're, they're pretty solid for a private school, but 19-9, but to get the 24 seed, that's a pretty raw deal, I feel like. Uh, and then I was surprised to see Lincoln County got the 8 seed. Lincoln County just cracked into the top 10 for the first time uh, at the end of the regular season at 17-7. That's a team that... They're they're really, really all over the map. Like I could pull it up real quick and let you know what Lincoln County has done. Like they'll blow teams out and then they'll get they'll get drilled. So just looking at 17-7 Lincoln County, some notable results scrolling through. Um, they beat Social Circle, who's in the state playoffs in class two. I beat them 39-37. Um, but then some yeah, and then they only lost to Laney by seven points. Uh, but they got they got hammered by Cross Creek, 82-37, to 37, who I got Cross Creek going to the Final Four uh, in Class 4A. Um, then uh, they, they lose by 30 at Warren County, which is weird. But then the next day they bounce back and they beat Hancock Central, who we have ranked number three in the state. They beat them 57-56. Uh, so very strange. Uh, then they lose by five in a high-scoring game to GMC. <laughs> Uh, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Then, you know, that Warren County team, that they got blasted by 30 on the road. They get Warren County at home. They beat them by five points. So, you know, Class A public, a lot has to do with, uh, you know, home court advantage. And, oh, yeah, remember Hancock Central, who they beat, uh, what we say by one point? Uh, they went to Hancock Central and got beat 78 to 36. So it's all about home court advantage. And then they played them again in the region tournament and got beat 76 to 44. And, and, and Georgia Military College, GMC, who they lost to twice in the regular season, um, they they go ahead and beat them eight to fifty nine. So it's just it's it's all over the map, and you know they're they're inconsistent. You know home court advantage, this and the other. You just don't know what team you're gonna get. But uh, you know potentially the freshman of the year, who is a, a freak athlete, the next Ahmad Rand, it sounds like, is this Frank Juan Sherman kid at six foot so six. Averaging 20 points per game. So with a, a freshman leading your team in uh, scoring and everything, that I guess that could kind of lead to why there's some inconsistent play and everything. But again, home court advantage so so important. You just don't really know what you're going to get. But if they have Lanier County come to Lincoln County, who knows? But Lanier County, Lanier County as a nine seed, that, that 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 team's really good. Lanier County with Amari McGriff, a six foot eight shot blocker, um, and they got some more talent as well. Uh, Lanier County. They just haven't been able to solve uh, Wilcox this year. So that, you know, out of their 21-5 record, that they, they they have some losses to Wilcox. Uh, I want to say probably three times. And then they played Denmark, who uh, I think we said we got them going to the final four. They they randomly played Denmark at Tip County and they lost by 12 points. Um, that was really going out and testing themselves. So I, I love to see that from a Class A public school, not afraid to play good teams. But um, the sophomore EJ Brown's really good. He's their leading scorer, and like I said, McGriff. So uh, Lanier County is going to be a dangerous team. Um, but I'll quickly run through my, my final four for you since we don't want to make this a five-hour long podcast. But um, Trutland, I have Trutland slipping past Lanier County in the uh, the top left-hand side to advance to the final four. Bottom left-hand quadrant, I have, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm picking it right here. Uh, that potential second-round matchup, Drew Charter, First Terrell County, I think the winner of that game is advancing to the uh, to the final four. Uh, and again, Drew, Drew Charter, they, they've had some great wins and then some like uh, not great losses. So I don't know which Drew Charter team's going to show up like um, again. I'm sorry I have to run through this real quick, but they, they beat Wesley and that was a good win for him early in the season. Uh, they lost to Galloway, who again I know Galloway's in Class A private, but Galloway really got screwed with a 15 seed, considering they're 22 and 6 and they're playing really good. They they got screwed, but uh, <laughs> uh but just you know they lost to Macintosh. Uh, I know Macintosh is a five A school, but Drew Charter losing the Macintosh was not a very good loss. And then you know they come back. And they beat Green Forest, for goodness sakes. They beat Green Forest 69-66. But then a couple days later, they lose to Hepzibah by two. Who was good. Uh, they beat Wesleyan again. They beat Trinity Christian. They only beat Landmark Christian by two points. And then they lose to Galloway by 12. So, uh, you know, Drew's really good. Um, and I, I have uh, Terrell County right now on paper going to the Final Four. And... I really kind of want to pick Drew Charter because I got this uh, Jacoby Strozier kid who was a region player of the year is a, uh, you know, a big time, big time sophomore, uh, going to be a big time recruit. But again, in class A public, considering how Drew Charter is up in Atlanta and you're going to have to go all the way to Terrell County, that's going to be, I don't even know where Terrell County is, but that's going to be at least two, three hour drive for you. I think that's going to be the difference maker. And again, you're going into a zoo, you're going into a hostile environment. It's going to be crazy. I think Drew might be might be a better basketball team than Terrell, but Terrell County at home, state playoffs, um, coming off a win against Calhoun County um, to win that region title. Uh, that's why I got Terrell County beating Drew Charter and eventually moving on to the Final Four. And on the top right-hand side, Wilco versus Wilcox in the Elite Eight. I'm going with Wilcox. I think this is the year for Wilcox County. They're undefeated. They have a lot of good wins on the year. And again, at 25 now, I'll run, I'll run through it real quick. Um, they beat Lanier County three times. They beat Calhoun County at Calhoun County, 66-63. Um, so that's really good. Uh, those are probably their, their best wins. They have a couple other decent wins against teams you know, in their, in their region. But those are the, the best wins for them wilcox county versus wilkinson county wilkinson county always very scary christian lamar averaging close to a triple double this year but wilco is not going to have them at home they're going to have to go to wilcox county and i think wilcox county uh with those dual sport athletes leading the way um primarily the big uh the big linebacker um you know desmond T- tisdall uh, averaging per game Keyshawn howard and then uh, Jordan Brown, those three seniors, and then also uh, Patterson, uh, Cameron Patterson, those four guys, um, especially the big three. They've been together forever now, uh, and they've been something special. So I think they're going to get the job done and advance to the Final Four. And the bottom right-hand side, Hancock versus Calhoun County. Again, uh, home court advantage, so crucial. Calhoun County would have to go on the road to Hancock, uh, Hancock Central in Sparta, and I think Hancock finds a way to beat Calhoun County at home at Hancock. So that lines up Trutland versus Terrell, Wilcox versus Hancock, and I have Wilcox advancing to play Trutland in the state championship. Um, Kasabian, Mitchell, um, you know Floyd, uh, Cam Jordan, all these guys, Trutland, they've been so good, but they did only win by two points against Savannah uh, uh, Country Day. They took like 41 free throw attempts. Two undefeated teams. Something's got to give. Trutland with that that big three I just mentioned uh, Mitchell, uh, Floyd, uh, Jordan, all those guys. And then Wilcox with their big three as well. Um, Who's going to win? Trutland with the heartbreak. You know, last year losing on a buzzer beater, and then they just win a a region championship by two points. All that good stuff. Trutland feeling really good. Soberton, Georgia are going to bring back a title, but I'm picking Wilcox County. To win the state championship, I feel like Wilcox County, the Patriots, bring it back to Rochelle, Georgia. I got Wilcox County beating Shrutland in a hell of a game. That is my wrap-up of Class A Public, and that is too much basketball talk on eight classifications. If you somehow listen to all this, God bless you. You're going to be in the know. You're going to have some informative stuff to chew on. But, Ramin, thank you for saying the through all this this was a uh, a monster of a podcast
1: yes sir thank you kyle for joining us boys bracketology state playoff edition 2019-2020 season keeping the pleasantries to a minimum that will do it on behalf of kyle this is ramin signing off